The ESPN San Antonio Audio Vault is powered by AA Best Bail Bonds. 210-225-2121. Or online at mybestbailbonds.com. Down for the count with Brandon Medina and Dan Cialata. Show. I am Dangerous Dan Cialata, not here. Unfortunately, with my uh, usual tag team partner, Brandon Big Poppy Medina, he is in Hearts Unknown. But maybe, just maybe, producer James Pleasure, we will be joined through the magic. Ooh. I I knew I should not have taken those edibles before the show when I hear echoes like that. Yeah. Oh, why is that? Oh, my God. Mike Mayer, Mayer, are you with us? Yes, I am. How are you fellas doing? Uh, good to be back in uh, San Antonio from uh, Los Angeles. All right. right, right. Let me tell you something. We're hearing strange echoes, and I think it's my fault because I have this little piece of crap computer. And it's, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to shut it down. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm going to, oh, hold on, actually, hold on, James Pledger, producer James Pledger, I'm going to run over there, and I'm going to throw my laptop in the other room here. That's how well today is going. Oh, my God. Now, hold Mike, on, can you try muting gonna, your uh, ah! laptop? <laughs> well, apparently, he is running over here, and it's not changing a thing, as we're still... Getting that echo anytime, anytime I try and bring, 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 bring Mike into, into the chat, as you can tell. So, I am going to continue to effort to make this work, but by doing so, I may have to kick Dan. James Pledger, out of the studio. I literally ran in here. I literally ran around like the ultimate warrior <laughs> without the steroids and without the homophobic remarks. Are you sure? I, 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 I had thought to throw I heard a couple. I had to throw away that laptop. My, Mike Mayer, are you still there with us? You're there? Okay. This is going crazy. James Pledger. James Pledger, I, I think it's maybe the Gremlins. It's Retribution doing something to us. Absolutely crazy. Here's what we'll do, James Pledger. Before I blow up here, before I blow up like the Ultimate Warrior without my steroids, we're going to go to break, and we will figure this out. And we will be, we'll back, be back, back after, after the, break. the break on 1250 ESPN San Antonio, 94.5 FM, and on the go at ESPNSA.com. It is down for the count. Your ESPN San Antonio Wrestling Show. I'm Dangerous Dan Cialana. Hopefully, hopefully somebody can hear me. San Antonio, can you hear me? San Antonio, can you help me? All right, I think we may be joined by Mike Mayer. Mike, can you hear us, Mike? Mike cannot hear us. Okay, James Pledger, we are in a strange situation here. As you know, Pleasure. I do know. On live radio, things can get a little bit insane. Things can get a little bit crazy. Uh, here's what we can do, Pleasure. Here's what we can do. 
we can sit around and we can cry and we can think about our lives here. Now, let's talk. Well, as we're figuring this out, Mike Mayer, hold on, hold there. We'll talk about Monday Night Raw. This is a wrestling show, by the way. Also, a, it's also an S show sometimes. It's also a crap show. It, we just, it could be we a just, bleep show. We just kind of we just kind of just get through it, right? I mean, we got to just do what we got to do. So I don't know. Anyway, all right. Monday Night Raw, Pledger. Have you been watching Monday Night Raw? I have been paying attention. Okay. Now, they did something on Monday Night Raw called the draft. Okay, do you know what the draft is? I mean, I, I think we, we work at a sports station. You probably kind of know what a draft is. I get the idea behind a draft, and I, uh, I, I remember when they introduced it, I was not a big fan because they were splitting all their talent between shows, whether it was SmackDown or Raw or, you know, I and I thought, well, that's a bold move. So if my favorite wrestler doesn't go to one of my favorite shows, which is Monday Night Raw, then I no longer have a stake to watch Monday Night Raw. Okay, so what WWE does every now and then, they do something called the draft. So basically what they do is they mix up the people on the shows, right? So they take people who are on SmackDown and they put them on Monday Night Raw. They put some people that are on Monday Night Raw and they put them over on SmackDown. You know, here's the problem though. I don't know if anybody really cares. I don't know if they just do it just for the ratings. I have no idea. Maybe they did it because they wanted new belts. So having a Raw champion and a SmackDown champion and separating all these belts is something that they like to do. It's kind of like uh, boxing. You got the IBC championship. You got the WBF championship. I mean, you got so many championships, like everybody gets one. It's like Oprah just handing out belts. Here's the thing, and you'll you'll be shocked to hear this, Pledger, because I'm not sure if you were watching on Monday Night Raw or on SmackDown for the draft, but there's a group in WWE called The New Day. You're familiar with The New Day. Oh, yeah. Okay. Got me a good old box of bootios at home. I You got lots of booty stuff going on. Well... <laughs> What they decided to do, and this was really bad because Big E has been uh, by himself for a while because Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston were injured. So last Friday night on SmackDown, all of a sudden, uh, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods come back. They come back out of injury and they surprise Big E. And the New Day wins the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. But after the match... Stephanie McMahon comes out and says, okay, we're going to announce the draft right now. <laughs> and she says, Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston are going to Monday Night Raw. Okay. But not, I'm sorry. Yes. But not Big E? But not Big E. So, so there's no such thing as New Day anymore? Well, that's the thing. They're sort of New Day, sort of not New Day. So they're trying to do this New Day on Monday Night Raw with the just- newish Day? Newish Day. It just doesn't work. So a lot of people are really upset at uh, Monday Night Raw and at SmackDown for breaking up the new day. So we're going to talk to Mike Mayer about that as soon as we fix our technical problems here. So Here's my thing. Yes. When they Show introduced the draft, first, first out of the gate, the draft. What were your thoughts initially on, all right, we're going we're gonna to start shipping all these uh, players off to certain events we're gonna have our smackdown team and we're gonna have our raw team and neither team's gonna meet until there's a big event like uh whether it's the the wrestlemania event or whenever they do the the uh banks or any of the big 
events. These are the only times you'll see these wrestlers interact with each other again. I don't know. I think they just did it for ratings. I, I don't think there's any right. That's the thing with, with WWE. You got to realize, Pledger, you're trying to make sense. But WWE just doesn't make sense. They just kind of throw things at the wall and see what sticks. That's the problem with WWE. But I'll tell you someone who does not have a problem, James Pledger. Uh-oh. Somebody who doesn't have a problem is a guy, a very big man, very large man. You know I love me some large men. I, I, I'm very aware of your fondness for rather big gentlemen. I like him big. I like him big. And this morning I actually had a big interview. I got to talk to a very, very big man. He's called the Monster Among Men. Oh, Braun Strowman. Here's what Braun Strowman had to say to me this morning on ESPN. Braun, thanks for coming on ESPN San Antonio. Hey, thanks for having me. Good morning, good morning, good night. I don't know when this is airing. Uh, it's morning here on the East Coast. I'm whooping down a bowl full of what looks like slop. Uh, got done doing some cardio, you know, getting ready to head into that season premiere of SmackDown tomorrow night. And uh, my old arch nemesis, and you, you know my saying with him, uh, I'm I'm not finished with you. I don't think I'll ever be finished with Roman. Uh, I'm ready. I'm ready to dance. You know, Braun. These days, I never know what day it is, what time it is. So I'm with you, brother. Don't worry. But you got to tell me how excited are you to beat the crap out of Roman Reigns tomorrow night on the season premiere of SmackDown on Fox? You know, uh, uh, my mantra with the get these hands. I I I love Caven Skulls, and you know, honestly, I can't think of anybody I like beating up more than Roman Reigns, especially with this cocky attitude that I don't know where he picked up from in the last six or seven months. I think it's Heyman in his ears. But you know what? Uh, maybe it's time to slap that little puppy around and humble him and remind him uh, who, who's been the face of this company this entire year carrying the company on his back and stuff like that. Now, Braun, speaking of cocky attitude, I'm not trying to start gossip here, so don't get mad at me. But your opponent tomorrow night, Roman Reigns, yesterday appeared on ESPN First Take. And here's what your opponent, Roman Reigns, had to say about you. You know, I, I really want to pump this thing up. But to be honest, I'm not nervous. I, I've been this. I'm tenured. I've been doing this for so long. Like I said, I'm on a different level. And I'm displaying it week in and week out. Uh, Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. Every day is a work day for me. I, you know what I mean? I, I pack my lunch every single day. That's what's, what I'm trying to teach these guys. Uh, to be honest, I don't think Braun Strowman deserves the opportunity. I beat him. I pinned him. I took the Universal Championship. But because the competitor I am, the top guy that I am, the face of the company, I'm going to hold my obligation. I'm going to you know, be accountable and responsible for the being at the very top of the business. And I'm going to show up on Friday and I'm going to whoop his ass. Braun Strowman, how do you respond to Roman Reigns and his comments about you on first take? First, I'm surprised he even talked for himself now. You know, he's got that little parrot on his shoulder, Paul Heyman. And, you know, at the end of the day, Roman's right. I don't deserve anything. See, that's where our mentalities differ. Roman's got this entitlement that he thinks he deserves all this stuff and these opportunities that he's got in the company. And let's be for real, how many of them would he really got if it wasn't for the family legacy that he's got in the business? At the end of the day, I don't deserve anything. But I'll be damned if I hadn't worked my ass off for this company to earn this opportunity to go out there. And talking about coming down and beating me? What? After taking time off and waiting and waiting and waiting, making the fans hold on forever while Bray Wyatt and I are out there killing ourselves for 25 minutes, then he comes down with his buzzard Heyman and just flocks around and picks the bones after we've done beat each other to death. Wow, man, that's a real tough champion. Tough talk, Roman. 
Now, Braun Strowman, you had this history with Roman Reigns. And I, one thing I think is really interesting about your past rivalries with Roman Reigns was there was a time where WWE really seemed like they were trying to portray Roman as the hero and you as the villain. But no matter what, no matter what you did to Roman, even though they wanted you to be the bad guy, the fans still took your side and still cheered you on. So why do you think the fans always took your side over that of Roman Reigns? You know, I think it's because I'm more relatable. I'm more relatable to the people because I wasn't cast into this world with a silver spoon in my mouth of family legacy in WWE. I'm not supposed to be here. You know, at the end of the day, I've been told my whole entire career that I don't deserve any of this stuff that I got. I'll never be champion. I'll never do this. I'll never do that. Well, you know what? That All it does is fuel me to prove people wrong. And I said, well, I'm relatable to these people is that I've come from nothing, literally nothing. I've been to down to in debt. I moved to Florida with $150 in my pocket when I started this journey. And it's been an uphill battle the entire way. And it'll continue to be an uphill battle. And you know what? I love that because I love a challenge. I love earning everything that I've accomplished in my life because that's how I do it. Now, Braun Strowman, something else that may be an uphill battle for you will be this Monday at the season premiere of Monday Night Raw on USA Network. You'll be taking on Keith Lee. And as we know, Keith Lee had great success in NXT, former NXT champion, what challenge does Keith Lee bring to you on the main roster for Monday Night Raw this Monday? You know, um, he's one of the few men that, if not the only man that we have on the roster right now, that is somewhat close to strength and stature to meet up to the monster among men. I give Keith credit, man. Uh, he brought it to me. And there's not many guys that are willing to step up, you know, when the, when the monster's calling. Uh, it took some real gall that he showed that he's got a pretty big set on him to walk out there and get up in my face like that. But at the end of the day, I know he's trying to make a name for himself, and I don't blame him, but he picked the wrong one to try and make a name with. Now, you mentioned uh, Bray Wyatt earlier, and we know that you first came to WWE as part of the Wyatt family. And this year, we saw a very bizarre match between you and Bray Wyatt, a swamp match. Uh, that match looked kind of dirty. How many showers did you have to take after being involved in that Wyatt swamp match at Extreme Rules? You want to really know what it took to get that done? 28 hours of constant work, rinsing off with bottles of water after we filmed and got done beating the ever-living crap out of each other, drove straight two hours after we filmed right to TV and knocked TV out. I worked 28 hours straight to get all that done. We talk about sacrifices. That, that's what it takes. That's what it takes to work at the level that I've been working at with this company, not coming in with this chip on my shoulder, acting like I'm owed anything. That's what I'm talking about when I prove my worth, when I show that I'm here because I've earned what I've done. All right, Braun Strowman, hopefully you'll be able to kind of slap the attitude out of Roman Reigns tomorrow night, SmackDown, season premiere of SmackDown on the Fox Network, and maybe on Monday Night Raw you can teach Keith Lee a little something about respect on the season premiere of Monday Night Raw on the USA Network. Braun Strowman, definitely an honor to talk to you. Thank you so much for joining us on ESPN San Antonio, Down for the Count. Thank you very much for having me. See everybody soon. Okay. Now, Mike Mayer, now that... um. Now that Braun Strowman is not on the phone anymore, let's just we have some real talk, Mike. Are you okay? Are yeah. you ready for some real talk here? Does yeah. is Roman Reigns correct? Does Braun Strowman actually not deserve this title match tomorrow night on SmackDown? Well, if you're talking in kayfabe terms, yes, he doesn't deserve it because he took the pin at at uh, at Payback and. Let's get real. What has Braun really done? He went to Raw 
and went to Raw Underground and just started beating people up. So I I love Braun and I love his response to that because he's had to work for everything he's gotten. Even the world title reign, the universal title reign, he only got it because Roman went home because he was because he was uh, fearful for his health. So. I mean, if you're looking at it from that perspective, the fact that he carried SmackDown basically from from the height of the pandemic all the way to SummerSlam, for that, yes. But given the fact that he took the pinfall recently, I think Roman's got a point there that like, hey, I, I've beaten you multiple times. I beat you and I pinned you at payback uh, in that triple threat match against Bray Wyatt. So what 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 purpose do you have being in this match? So I think he's got a point. Mike Mayer from the off the off the mic wrestling podcast. If I got that correctly, I'm always gonna I'm always afraid to say something wrong. Like over the over the edge podcast. Actually, we're not supposed to say over the edge anymore, huh? Yeah, that that's mm. uh, that brings back bad memories. Mm. Yeah, faux pas. All right, I, I, and I think you're right. And, and actually, so I did that uh, interview this morning with Braun Strowman, and actually. I Mike, I always try to be a nice guy during the interviews. I think I'm a friendly person. Yeah, you're pretty friendly to me. Pledger, I mean, <laughs> yeah, James Pledger. I'm a friendly guy, right? I'm usually very nice to my since guests, when? right? Since since forever, since forever, James like Pledger. Like in the last five minutes, is that? Well, what Mike we're thinks I'm forever? a nice guy. But the point is, because you're sucking up to him, that's different. Well, I got to. The people you treat at work <laughs> a little differently. Okay, okay, okay. I didn't know. I'm miles away from you guys here in California. So, yeah, I don't know what's going on. All right. Well, we got to keep, you know, let's keep our San Antonio, uh, you know, dirty laundry here in SA. (laughs) But I'm okay. So, I'm a nice guy. So, I like to be nice to my guests, especially wrestling guests, because I want WWE people to come on our show here on Down for the Count Thursday nights at seven o'clock, give or take. But there was a couple times during that interview, Mike, that I thought that I unintentionally came off as, as kind of a D bag. I thought, I thought that that maybe Braun thought I was a smartass, especially if there's, God, I'm embarrassed now. So there's a point near the end of that interview where I ask him about the Extreme Rules Swamp Fight. And I say, hey, how many showers did you have to take after that Swamp Fight to get not smell anymore? And I think he got mad because he's like, oh, you want to hear the story? I'll tell you the story. I had to work for 28 hours. That's what I do. That's what I do. That's what we do in WWE. I'm like, dude, calm down. I'm just trying to be. Just trying to just trying to do some yuck yuck. Just trying to have fun. I don't know, Mike. You think I came off as a D bag to Braun Strowman? And does Braun Strowman from WWE now want to kick my ass? Uh he's a big angry guy. I wouldn't want to piss him off, but I think that was in bounds. I mean, you're asking a question about a match, and like remember when cinematic matches were like the thing to do, and we were always talking about, oh, these are so cool. That was that swamp fight was like eh. But yeah, it's it's a completely fair question. I mean, maybe you're having a little bit of fun. I I didn't think you came off as a d bag at all. I, I thought that was yeah, that's a fair question. I was just I was like, tr- hey, 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 man, like that was that that was must have been an interesting thing for you to do, like just coming off having a little bit of fun. I was trying to have fun and Brock's frustrated because he lost the title. He's not really yeah. in the picture. He had to shave his head. I mean, he he pretty much left everything. Alexa's now with Bray. He's just he's just mad. He's just angry at you, Dan. And I guess he's just letting out that He's taking it out on me. I mean, yeah. I didn't do it. And I kind of thought, least, At least he didn't flip an ambulance. Because, oh, like, know, if, we really. go back to those, if we go back to those days and he starts flipping cars and everything, everybody's everybody's going to be running for their life. So I asked Braun in that interview, and, I, and I, was, I was really not trying to be gossipy. I was not trying to start backstage nuclear heat with anybody at WWE between two performers. But 
I mean, Roman Reigns was on ESPN first take, and he did say that Braun Strowman didn't deserve this match. And if Brandon, my regular uh, co-host, Brandon Big Poppy Medina, was here, he would make fun of me for being a mark. Because I always think wrestling is always real all the time. Now, Mike, I'm going to ask you, do you think there's any chance that when Braun heard me play that clip of Roman Reigns, that Braun Strowman, in real life, not character, not kayfabe, not wrestling hype, was offended that his co-worker Roman Reigns said that he did not deserve, that Braun Strowman did not deserve this match tomorrow night on SmackDown? I, I, I don't think he was offended. I think he was playing the role there. To be honest with you, because I, because at least from what I've known about Braun, likable guy, not really bitter. He does his job. He does it very, very well. And Ro Roman and him are boys, I think, from everything I've heard. So, I mean, maybe he might have because he's like, hey, look, man, you know, I've been, I've been busting my ass for five months. Where the hell were you? You were at home. Um, so maybe there is a little bit of animosity saying, hey, man, you just came back here. And within a week of you coming back, you're the world champion. So what the F? But I, I think a lot of that, he was just playing the role. I, I, I think maybe there's a part of him because he's like, you know, hey, I, I got my first world title reign. Now nobody really cares now. And I'm, I'm just being sort of thrown in here. And then I'm just going to go to Raw and face Keith Lee on Monday. Mike, like everybody's really thinking about that in terms of facing Roman Reigns on Friday night. Mike Mayer from the off the Mike Wrestling Podcast joining me, Dan Cialana, on ESPN San Antonio, down for the count. Now, Mike, before we got the connection ready with California over there, because we were having hella problems connecting out to California, uh, my producer and fellow co-host here, ESPN San Antonio, James Pledger, and I were talking about how the biggest problem with WWE sometimes is that it just doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. So it's true. It, it really doesn't make any sense that Braun Strowman, out of nowhere, just gets a title shot. And Braun, during this interview, he's talking about, well, maybe I'm going to take that, that title belt and I'm going to take it to Monday Night Raw and, and Keith Lee will, will get a chance at that belt that I just won from Roman. Come on, Mike. You know there's no way in hell. I, I can say this now because Braun's not on the phone anymore. There's no way in hell that Braun Strowman is winning the Universal Championship tomorrow night against Roman Reigns. There's no way. So why does WWE do this to us? Why do they constantly set us up with matches, title matches, where we know that the title is not going to change hands. I mean, it's, I mean, it's guess it's purely ratings. I don't know, because I saw that they announced this before Braun even got picked. They, they announced this. So they were like, okay. And the rumors were circulating that he was going to go to raw. Anyway, he was already on raw for like three weeks. So I see that at, they're promoting it at the end of SmackDown last Friday. Braun versus Roman? I mean, that's going to be great, but what the hell's the point? <laughs> What's the point? It's a universal yeah. title match? Okay, it's your season premiere. It's the first SmackDown after the draft. And they, they did this with the New Day. Like, I mean, I, and and like I, I'm sure we're going to get to that at some point. They split them up, and then they're going to have a farewell match on SmackDown tomorrow night against, I think it was Cesaro, uh, Nakamura, and uh, I'm, try I'm forgetting who the, the third man uh, on that other team is. But the point is, like, they're announcing these matches and the draft isn't even done yet. And so the whole point of the draft is right. You're supposed to be splitting these guys and making them exclusive. Like Seth Rollins showed up on raw on Monday night and he's a SmackDown guy. So it doesn't make any sense. This booking that they're doing. Okay. We're doing a draft to split people up and create new storylines. And okay. We're going to have a universal title match. Braun Strowman, the guy who lost 
and has really done nothing and has not even been built up to face Roman Reigns when Roman Reigns is already in a feud with his cousin. Like all of that. Like I know I'm going all over the place here, but it's that's fine. That, you're that's so frustrated. That's literally what WWE is. They're just throwing things out there and just hoping that it sticks and it pops a rating. And that's not the way you're supposed to do business here. Create emotionally invested storylines. Like we, the last time I was on with you guys, Jay, Jay Uso and Roman Reigns, we were like, eh, I don't know. That might have been one of the best matches. And it's one of the most engaging storylines that they got going right now. More of that. Not just throwing Braun Strowman in a match that really, like Roman Reigns says, and I and I, I kind of agree with him. Braun really doesn't deserve to be in this title match. I agree as well. And something else I think that you'll agree with, that we have a great show coming up. Because not only did we have WWE superstar Braun Strowman on the show and me acting like a D-bag during the interview, but hopefully later on tonight... I have a chance to redeem myself and not be a D-bag when I talk to a WWE superstar because coming up at 7.40, around 7.45 Central Time, Texas Time, the only time that matters, we're going to be talking to the WWE champion Drew McIntyre about his Hell in a Cell match. Mike Mayer, off the mic 28, are you excited to hear from Drew McIntyre? Yeah, the champ, man. He's uh, one of the uh, big uh, breakout stars of uh, 2020. He's been phenomenal all year. And you are phenomenal for listening to us. We are down for the count. Your ESPN San Antonio Wrestling Show on 1250 ESPN San Antonio, 94.5 FM. And on the go at ESPN.com slash wrestling. Speaking of guys, I don't want to make me ang make angry. Speaking of big wrestling man that I'm scared of. It is down for the count. Your ESPN San Antonio Wrestling Show. I'm Dangerous Dan Cialana, not joined tonight by my usual tag team partner, but we have in his place tonight Mike Mayer from the Off the Mic Wrestling Podcast. Find him at OT Mike Wrestling or at Off the Mic 28. Mike, thanks for joining us tonight. Appreciate you having me. Now, tech issues or not, I'm here. Yeah, that first 15 minutes, I um, I just want to pretend that it was actually like a COVID sort of hallucination, you know, or I think that's what it was, right? I think, I, I don't think it actually existed. Let's chalk it up to that, Dan. That's what I think it was. So What first 15 minutes? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now, sometimes uh, something that we may actually want to forget, Mike, is the WWE draft. And mm. uh, let me tell you yes. something. And maybe I am turning into a WWE mark because I've been interviewing a lot of WWE guys and maybe I'm becoming kind of a shill. And I admit that I'm a WWE fanboy. No matter what, even when I complain about WWE, I will always have great love for WWE, no matter how abusive they are. WWE is like my Catholic church. I'm always going to be loyal, even no matter how terrible the leadership is. Um... But I'm kind of warming up to the draft here, Mike, and maybe maybe I'm being crazy here. I kind of like them mixing things up because for years and years I hated the draft because I, I kind of thought, well, maybe maybe they're just doing it for ratings. But maybe there maybe there's something to it because maybe it makes us pay attention because sometimes things get kind of stale, even though we don't always like the decisions they make. But maybe it's just a way for WWE to mix things up, and I think probably the biggest kind of a re good reason to have the draft is to avoid SmackDown becoming a B show. You know what I'm saying? Because before the draft, SmackDown was often kind of just kind of 
uh, you know, kind of just lo the lower show. Monday Night Raw was the show for the big stars. Uh, so I don't know if that makes the draft make any more sense. What do you think? Look, I, I've always kind of been a fan of the draft and the way that they've shuffled things. And obviously now with things sort of tilted, SmackDown's kind of vaulted into being the A show now, uh, especially with the Fox contract. But it's like, I and some of these picks actually made me kind of excited because, hey, new beginnings, kind of resetting everything. But then you look down here, and, and I, I even said this to you before the show, Seth Rollins. I, I love him going to SmackDown. He's been on Raw his entire career. He's never been exclusive to the blue brand. So that's really exciting. And him and Roman being on the same brand, both as heels, that's interesting to me. But then you go further down and you go down later in the draft, Dominic and Rey Mysterio are drafted. Do we need to see that feud? Because the whole point of the draft is to kind of create new feuds. Like okay. you look, you look at you look at the second night, the first pick is the fiend. And to me, that is a fantastic move for Raw because now he's done just about everything he can do on SmackDown. And he McIntyre, that is a feud that I want to see. So that's the type of stuff that I want to see. But then you look at the, the draft and like um, keeping uh, just keep going down like on some of these picks, like they kept a lot of feuds going. And I, I thought the point of the draft was kind of like to reset things. But I get what you're saying is like it's ratings, it's interesting, and it's kind of like to just refresh the talent pools. But then in this draft, they kind of just kept like ongoing feuds and just moved into a different show, which is not the point, right? Well, now, now I hate the draft again. I was trying. I, I'm, I'm so I, – I, I'm just so – I'm so having these mixed emotions. I, I can't. James Pledger is he's offering me uh, a socially distant hug through the studio window here because I, I just had this because I, I want to be supportive. I want to. I'm a wrestling evangelist. I, I'm someone who wants to spread the gospel of, of wrestling and you can't spread the gospel about wrestling without loving WWE. And I'm trying to love, but I'm having this James Pledger and Mike off the mic 28. I'm having this like love hate relationship with WWE. It's like a bad romance if you want to have a if you're a diehard fan that's kind of how you feel right now because like you just watch these shows I swear to god the last couple weeks watching raw like I, I it wasn't this past week's raw but last week's raw was the longest 3 hours I have spent watching WWE television probably in 5 years that show was a slog it was boring I I looked up at I looked up at my clock said 6:30 Pacific time and I was like, man, this show's only half over. <laughs> so, it, and it, it just seemed like they were going through the motion. So like, like I said, I'm with you, Dan, a lot of fans. And I think a lot of diehards who listen to this show are, are like the same way because it's hard sometimes to be a wrestling fan because they keep giving us the same things and redundancy and stuff that we don't want to see. Like Dominic Mysterio. I think Dominic's going to be a star, but get him away from Seth Rollins. I don't want to see that anymore. Can Seth we? Rollins. Can we talk about the Mysterio? Can, yeah. we, can we talk about Let's the Mysterio family here? And this will make this is makes me feel very uneasy here. So they're doing this storyline with Ray Mysterio's daughter. Um, she's 19 years old. And Brandon and I were not sure whether her whole thing with Murphy was that she was supposed to be his like illegitimate daughter, or like you mentioned on your podcast, Off the Mic Wrestling, if they're supposed to be lovers. I don't think they've made it clear. Maybe I'm not uh, it's, figuring it out here. The, the, way, the way that I looked at it is like they're communicating through DMs and text and just the way, oh, he's uh, he's not like that. It just felt like Aaliyah 
it, and Murphy are going to become a thing. And okay, but he's and, and thirty-two. And she's she's 32 and she's she's 19. Yeah, that that's the weird part of it. It's just like for the hook of what's going to happen with Seth and Murphy, which I'm looking forward to. And they've been building to that for a while. The Mysterios don't need to be involved in this. Like there's no point in really having it there. And to me, it's kind of stunting the growth of Dominic as a wrestler and a character on television because now he's being involved in his family business. And it's like, I get it. He's hooked to his dad because we've known him from the whole Eddie Guerrero feud 15 years ago. But don't you want to like elevate Dominic to like a different level and kind of maybe make him be his own guy rather than just be involved in this family like tree and just, and Seth trying to kind of tear it down. It's just, it, it, to me, it doesn't help Dominic. It doesn't help him. And I, I think Mary Mysterio is great, but like Dominic standing on his own, like I think has been where he's shined the most ever since he had his first match at SummerSlam. Well, nobody in this studio wants to stifle any growth because we need all the help we can get here at ESPN San Antonio. So I'm not going to name any names. James, James Pledge, you're pointing at me. How dare you? How dare you? I was talking about people in the sales department. Or maybe over down the, down the hall at KTSA. I don't know. Those guys, are, those guys are so angry all the time. You never know. Anyway, okay, back to this storyline. With Rey Mysterio's daughter. So she's 19. Murphy's like 32, 33. Uh, is this a Chris Hansen moment? Maybe Chris Hansen needs to come and be a special guest referee. That'd be great. Is he still around? Chris Hansen to catch a predator? I mean, he should be. We got to find that guy. All right. I'll tell you somebody who's guess not. Referee's a... a good call, though. I like that. Chris What's that? Hansen, guess Chris referee. Hansen. You'd be like, hey, Murphy, uh, come, in, come and have a seat. He like backstage, like, I've read your. Uh, your... Text messages. You are <laughs> BM Wrestle 69. Oh, I want to blank your blank. And Murphy's like, uh, I, I just want to have some pizza and, and I figured we just kind of hang out. Right. Why do you got a six pack of smearing off ice? Yes, uh, you brought beer and condoms, Murphy. Why did you do that? And Murphy's like, uh, can I, am I free to go? You're free to go. <laughs> Book it, Vince. Book it, Vince McMahon. Let's do it. Mike Mayer off the mic 28 from off, off the mic wrestling. Uh, are you uh, down with this uh, Chris Hansen being special guest referee? Oh, uh, sign me up. Sign me up. You sold me oh, right Michael. there. <laughs> All right. I hope you're sold on our next guest after the break because this is going to be great. Mike and Pledger. After the break, we will be talking to the WWE champion, Drew McIntyre. That's up next on Down for the Count, your ESPN San Antonio wrestling show on 1250 ESPN San Antonio, 94.5 FM, and on the go at ESPNSA.com. I'm not going to dance for you, Mike. I'm sorry. I can't do that Nikki Bella butt shake. It's Dan Cialana. This is ESPN San Antonio's wrestling show. Down for the count. James Pledger. I think you can do the Nikki Bella butt shake. And you will break John Cena's heart as well someday. Again. Again. I'm sorry. All right. We are here with Mike Mayer. Special guest host for my friend Brandon. Mike, you are the host of the Off the Mic Wrestling Podcast. We can find you online on Twitter at OT Mike Wrestling. 
or at off the mic 28 what is the url for your only fans account uh i'm working on that right now i don't have the uh a fan account yet oh okay um, that's too bad i'm looking forward to that can i can i can i get in on the on the lower tier and kind of be grandfathered in so once you start doing the real crazy stuff yeah of course yeah we'll, we'll, we'll have we'll get that done We'll get that done. Okay, well, there's a crazy guy I got to talk to recently. And if you follow uh, ESPN San Antonio on Facebook or the Down for the Counts Wrestling Show Facebook, which you should, you would have seen that I had a chance. This is beautiful, Mike. I had a chance to talk to the WWE champion, Drew McIntyre, who will be involved in a Hell in a Cell match. And here's what Drew had to say. You've been feuding with Randy Orton, and for some reason, for some reason, Drew, you agreed to get into hell in a cell with Randy Orton. Do you have any idea what you're getting into with this crazy, like, sadistic Randy Orton in hell in a cell? Yeah, I mean, I don't look at it so much as, you know, I'm the crazy one. I look at it as Randy is the crazy one. Like, he knows what I'm capable of physically. You know, he's a bit sneaky. He likes to do things from behind, like Monday when he caught me with the RKO out of nowhere, I come straight ahead, I beat you straight ahead, there was a weapon there, as Randy knows from the ambulance match, I'm going to use it on you, so inside Hell in the Cell, there's nowhere to run, nowhere to hide, I'm not locked in there with Randy Orton, he's locked in there with Drew McIntyre, and I'm going to beat the crap out of him. So how do you prepare as a performer, uh, in a wrestler, to be in a match as potentially violent as Hell in a Cell, because we've seen some crazy things inside that cell, how do you mentally and physically prepare to be locked in that cell? I think for myself, uh, you know, being Scottish gives me the upper hand where we just love fighting in any situation, generally in a bar. But I've also been doing uh, this line of work my entire life. I was 15 years old. I'm 35 now. I worked so long to become WWE champion, and I will do absolutely whatever it takes inside Hell in the Cell to keep that WWE championship, whatever it takes. If it means throwing Randy Orton off the top, I'll happily do it. So we'll be rooting for you October 25th for Hell in a Cell. And, and speaking of kind of having a, a long journey and, and, and hardship, I, I had a chance to watch your documentary on WWE Network, The Chosen One. And if anyone hasn't seen it, you, you got to see this documentary on the WWE Network. I, I found it very, very inspiring. And it opens up with a scene from uh, WrestleMania weekend where you're in a parking lot and you're looking over the stadium that would have been your WrestleMania match. And obviously we know this has been a crazy year for everybody. Drew, how do you stay inspired and keep a good attitude in this year where everyone's lives seem to be going up and down? And again, it's the journey that's made me who I am. You know, a lot of things were expected of me when I was 24. Vincent Mann himself went on television and said, this guy is going to be the future of the company, future world champion. And I just wasn't ready, and I had to go through a lot of hardships uh, before I finally got the opportunity to become champion. And those hardships prepared me for any situation to lead a company, and it includes a global pandemic. You know, I was the man for the job. I'm glad that I experienced everything I experienced because I was ready and had a very different perspective. My perspective became, okay, I'm the man leading the charge, and times are different. Like our job now is to take people's minds off these difficult times as they watch WWE television. And it became such a proud thing for me. And also regarding the documentary, I told my family, don't hold back, tell the full story, give all the details. Like during these times, I like to inspire people as much as possible and show them, you know, I wasn't always this really giant Harry Scotsman WWE champion that I am now. Things got difficult, and sometimes the night is always darkest before the dawn. And I think that's an important message during these times, and I'm glad 
AWB's did such a good job with my story. Now, Drew, uh, growing up in Scotland and being involved in the British wrestling scene, uh, what is what, what's special about the British wrestling scene that you bring to the United States? Uh, the physicality, I'd say, is on another level. Um, you know, we're just born fighters. It's in our blood, especially, you know, the Scots in particular, Scots and Irish, the Celtic. Uh, we're certainly fighters. And when it comes to passion, uh, if you think about when WWE's in the UK, and how crazy the fans get and they've got all their chants and things get rowdy and you know people look forward uh, to that uk tour so they can see what the fans are going to get up to that's just every single week at a soccer match at a rugby match that's what the fans are like back home they're genuinely passionate about their particular sport and the wwe fans in the uk or wrestling fans in general in the uk are just so 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 passionate and it's kind of in our blood you know we have that passion we have that fighting spirit and uh, that's what makes us different and sometimes a little bit crazy. That's what I hear. So, uh, you know, speaking of crazy fans, I mean, obviously you guys have been performing without physical fans in the arena there. And now we have this this amazing looking Thunderdome on WWE TV, uh, but there's still not that in-person sort of reaction. There's no hugging, there's uh, fans, there's no slapping, you know, giving them five uh, fist bumps. Like, how do you keep that energy of the fan interaction when it's all digital at these days. I know they're all watching. And that's what keeps me going. That's what I do it for is the fans. So the reason I am WWE champion is because of the fans getting behind me and believing in me. And I know they're checking out the show, <clears throat> you know, to escape. And that's what keeps me going. Like I was proud of what we did in the performance center. I know we didn't have any fans there at all. It was very quiet. But I was very proud of what we did. It was okay. We're giving everyone escape, especially at the height of the pandemic. And we've evolved into the Thunderdome now, back in the arena, where we've got everything you expect from WWE with the lasers, the lights, the special entrances. I've got a really cool entrance. But most of all, the virtual fans and seeing everybody's face, even if it's just virtually hearing them in real time, makes such a difference to us and takes our energy to the next level. And we miss them. It's as simple as that. And if this is the best we can do right now, you know, to have them in the building, this is what we're going to do. WWE will continue to innovate and adapt, follow those CDC guidelines. And when it's possible, we're going to get our number one superstar back in the building. And that's the WWE fans. Drew McIntyre, it's, it's been an honor to talk to you. Thank you so much for joining us on ESP in San Antonio's Down for the Counts. Well, thank you very much for having me. I love Drew McIntyre. Doesn't he, Mike, doesn't he seem like a great guy? He he's such he, he's so easy to root for. Uh, you you mentioned the documentary, and there was one before WrestleMania. Just seeing his story and knowing uh, what like it, back in 2014, six years ago, he gets fired, goes works on himself, comes back better than ever, and now he's at the top of the company. And to be honest with you, he is one of the shining stars of this whole year. From because I, I think they made a point like last week on Raw was the first time he had been pinned, but just he's been showing up, he's been leading by example, he's he's done everything, um, he's worked his butt off because this it, it must be so hard for him. His big moment, uh, crowning achievement, beating Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania was in front of nobody. Yeah, and literally back then, they didn't even have like the extras from the performance center, it was literally right. like completely was, silent WrestleMania. It was a ghost town. Yeah. It, and it was just like, it was really looking back on that. That was a great achievement in itself early in the pandemic. 
but you just think about like how over he was getting prior to WrestleMania fan, like the reaction he got at the Royal rumble when he beat, when he eliminated Brock and then when he eliminated Roman to win the match. And then you were just seeing like, he, he had that attack where he hit three claymores on Brock. The fans were digging him. Like this was as organic a babyface turn as we've seen in a long time. People were really getting behind him and He's just like, it hasn't bothered him. He's, he's continued. Like he said, like it's, it, he's just, he knows that they're watching and he, he knows that they're watching uh, the show, the fans, and he wants them to come back, but he understands what's going on. He's not letting that affect him. And he's not letting that change how he performs. He's still going out being a badass. And I, I have so much respect for him and hearing that interview. It's great that you got a chance to talk to him. It's just like, he's such an easy guy to root for. He is, and I think WWE with Drew McIntyre finally found this baby face that they wanted where it was different from Roman Reigns. Because kind of like we discussed earlier when we had when we had uh, Braun Strowman on the show, they tried to make Roman Reigns in that Braun Strowman versus Roman Reigns uh, feud. They tried to make Roman I'm not finished guy. with you. The, 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 the words that basically changed everything. I'm not finished with you! And I mean, that Braun was, Strowman that... literally threw him off a balcony while he was on a gurney and people still cheered for Braun Strowman point the reactions that he got that year. I think that was that was 2016 or 2017. The organic reactions that Braun Strowman got are some of the biggest pops I think we have seen in the last five years. Absolutely. Like he they had so many opportunities to just capitalize on that momentum and they didn't do it. Point being that Roman Reigns uh, was not the guy that the fans wanted, no matter how much the WWE machine tried to make him the man. But you look like it's someone like uh, Drew McIntyre, where the fans got behind him. It wasn't, he wasn't being forced down our throats. The fans wanted Drew McIntyre. And I think in terms of just being like a guy, like who can just be the head of the company, like he said in our interview, who can take us through this dark time. I think Drew McIntyre is like the perfect guy, the perfect, you know, and somebody actually wanted to ask somebody, uh, I was telling someone I was going to interview Drew McIntyre, and this is actually a heterosexual guy. And he said, ask Drew McIntyre why I, as a straight man, am sexually attracted to him. Uh, I didn't get it. I didn't get a chance to ask him that. Like that. I didn't. I'm sorry, James Fletcher. <laughs> I didn't get a chance. But I mean, you know, I mean, just okay. I'm just look at the guy. I mean, he's a he's a handsome man. I'm secure enough to say that. I don't. I don't listen. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your orientation is. If you don't think Drew McIntyre is a little bit hot, you have no pulse. That's just it. So Drew McIntyre, I think, definitely a great champion. I. But I'll tell you this, Mike. I don't know if this makes me mean. I kind of want to see Drew McIntyre lose the WWE Championship. Mm. Why? Because I want to see Drew McIntyre win it back at the main event of WrestleMania oh, in front like of that. a regular crowd. I get, I'm, I get. They're legit. doing it in Tampa, so it's going to be in the same spot where they were supposed oh, to be we'll this see. past year. They're, I mean, they're, they're, that's the rumor that they're not going to do it out here in LA. I can do it in Hollywood. And they're, and they're going to do it and, and they're going to move it back, everything back a year. So, you know, I like that idea too. the idea that popped into my head and nothing against Drew. I think Randy Orton potentially facing edge, the epic conclusion of that feud at WrestleMania for the WWE title would be something. But I'm with you. Like, I think Drew deserves to have a moment where 70,000 people just erupt and Drew McIntyre's the WWE champion because that was just such an empty feeling. At yeah. WrestleMania, like he wins it in five minutes over Brock Lesnar. It's like, yeah, there was no reaction. It sucked. 
but it was good for him because he's such a good guy and such a great performer and everybody saw his trajectory over the last six years that he deserved that moment but he deserves it in front of fans so i i i hate to be that guy too but i'm with you i hope drew mcintyre gets his uh, final big epic conclusion and we are up against mike r very soon epic conclusion of down for the count mike mayer check him out at the off the mic wrestling podcast find him online at ot mike wrestling or at off the mic 28 his only fans his special only fans for 18 plus coming soon use uh promo code pledger 69 uh for that uh mike mayer only fans account and uh mike thank you so much for joining us and that's the bottom line because down for the count said so Follow Down for the Count on Twitter at DFTC Podcast.